The game is over. Your Bucks postgame show starts now. Welcome to Bucks Talk. Insight, analysis, and your chance to sound off on the game you just heard. Now to break it all down, here's your host, Justin Garcia. Well, this game was exactly what you had hoped to see. It's a Philadelphia 76ers team that continues to play without Joel Embiid. But taking it a step further, this is the start to the unofficial second-half schedule, final third of the season for the Bucks. This is exactly what you were looking for. A good win Friday night in Minnesota against the Western Conference-leading Minnesota Timberwolves, one of the best home records in the league, and another game where the Bucks proved their medal. It was another one of those clutch performances from the Bucks Today, again, no Embiid. You still have to contend with Tyrese Maxey. They still have Tobias Harris, who did not have a good game today. You still have some scoring on that team. But the Bucs did exactly what you were hoping for. It's a game you should win, and they did win. And now you have two more of those starting on Tuesday when the Charlotte Hornets come to town. 855-616-1620 is the talk and text line to join us today on Bucks Talk. And look, those those Hornets games, I've mentioned this a couple of times. Uh, we we all get, we'll add the caveat, you don't want to overlook any opponent. We saw what can happen, at least for fans. I don't know if it was the case for the players, but you saw why we preached that. The final game before the All-Star break, when you went to Memphis and lost to the Grizzlies. And, and even for that matter, the game before that, when you played the Miami Heat without a number of their players, and lost the game. But these two games are extremely important for the Bucks because of the schedule that the Bucks have left from here on out. Now, you knock off one of the teams in the top five of their conference off that schedule. You still got one game left with the 76ers, but taking one of those out of the mix dropped the Bucks down to sixth in terms of most difficult schedule remaining. However, they're still up there. Um, those five teams in front of them, I should say, in the Western Conference. So it's still the most challenging schedule left in the East. But that's what makes those two games against the the Hornets all the more important because you don't have very many of these games left. When you break it down by winning percentage of the opponents that are left on your schedule. You only have a handful that you can really point to here for the Bucs. You have eight games, seven games left, where you would look at the opponent win percentage and say, okay, these are the quote-unquote easy games. You have these two games we referenced against the Hornets. Those are both this week. You have one game left against the Washington Wizards. You have one game left against the Memphis Grizzlies. We heard from Doc Rivers after that game Friday night in Minnesota. We're pretty good in revenge situations, and that's what they're going to need in that game left against the Grizzlies. And then you have three games left against teams that are hovering around the play-in tournament in the Brooklyn Nets, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Toronto Raptors. But that makes up the easy games that the Bucs have left. Not quite to the level we're seeing for other teams. That's why we continue to say, hey, it's a very, very tough schedule. You still have two games left against the co-leaders in the West. 
the Oklahoma City Thunder. You still have two games left against the Los Angeles Clippers for as much as we've talked about how good the Timberwolves are, how good the Celtics have been start to finish. And by the way, you got uh, two games left against the Celtics. The Clippers may be the best team in the league in terms of consistency since December 1st, and you got two games left against them. You have one game left against the Knicks. You already have the head-to-head tiebreaker, but you may need to win that game to separate yourself on that three and four line. So it's very challenging, and it makes those two games all the more important. Of You cannot count on wins. I get that, and I understand I'm going to tell you to do the opposite, but you have to win these two games starting Tuesday. Tuesday and Thursday against the Charlotte Hornets. 855-616-1620 is the number to join us today on Bucks Talk. A very consistent effort start to finish from the Bucks today, who, by the way, it's not the win percentage you're striving for as a whole, but they're now 7-8 and eight in games played since the coaching change, and you do have to factor in the schedule the Bucks have played in those games. The Denver Nuggets twice. Two games with the Cleveland Cavaliers. It started on January 24th. Two games with the Cavs. A game with the Pelicans. Two games with the Nuggets. A game with the Mavericks. A game with the Suns. Two games with the Timberwolves. A game with the Hornets. Uh, You look up and down the schedule in those 15 games. There's three, I believe, the Bucs have played against teams that are out of the playoff mix. The Memphis Grizzlies. The Charlotte Hornets, the Utah Jazz, and the Portland Trailblazers. So four of those 15 games have been against teams that are outside of even the play-in tournament. That's how challenging this schedule has been. You're learning a new coach. You're starting to build that chemistry between Giannis and Damian Lillard. But we're certainly seeing that defense go up a couple of levels here. 855-616-1620. Is that number to join us on Bucks Talk? We'll take a look at some of those defensive metrics and get to some of your thoughts after a nice win today by the Bucks. We'll get to that after this on Bucks Talk. Welcome back to Bucks Talk. Bucks open up the post All Star break schedule with two straight wins, outlasting the Timberwolves Friday night and really dismantling the 76ers, albeit shorthanded, but taking it to Philadelphia today with a 21 point win on the road. Again, seven and eight now in the games played since making the coaching change. And it's worth pointing out 11 of those 15 games have been against good teams, playoff caliber teams in the case of the Denver Nuggets and Minnesota Timberwolves four four games against two teams near the top of the Western Conference so it's been a very challenging schedule and you're starting to see things move in the right direction now for the Bucks in those 15 games the Bucks have a 111.8 defensive rating that is right in line with the Miami Heat the New Orleans Pelicans Really, every team but the Timberwolves won 11.8, seventh best in the league over a 15-game stretch. Now, the offense at 114, that's where you'd like to see that at least five points per 100 possessions better. It's showing some signs. It's getting better. 
But the 111.8 defense, we started this really in those three games that Joe Prunty coached where you said, you know, the, the defense looks better. And then as Doc Rivers took over, you those five games especially on the road to start things, same thing defensively. You know, may, maybe this defense has turned a corner. Can they keep this up? It's been 15 games now, and they have. 111.8 defensive rating, seventh best in the league over those last 15 games. And in three of those games, three of the last six specifically, you've held opponents under 100 points. I don't care who is or isn't on the floor. In today's day and age, if you can hold a team under 100 points, you're doing something defensively. And even more than that, the numbers look even better in the half court. I'll share those in just a moment. But uh, time to hear from you. 855-616-1620, the number to join us today on Bucks Talk. Let's head to the phone lines and start things in Milwaukee with Mason. What's going on today, Mason? Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, go ahead. I just want to hey, I just want to say this station, I love, dude. I love listening to you call the Bucks games. I love listening. After sometimes when I'm in the house, I'll go get in the car just to listen to the after show. So I appreciate that. Thank you. What about today? Okay, I just want to say um I love that Bobby was mic'd. That was fun to watch. Yeah. The game was fun to watch, and everything. I'm just, I, do, I just they feel like the Bucks are going to win the championship this year. I really do. Uh, Bob, what, what was I saw it? I didn't actually see the TV coverage, but I saw the Bobby being mic'd and saying something along the lines of "the Bucks are back." Yep, and he said he said that the Bucks are playing. We're back to playing Bucks basketball, yeah. which sounded really good. Yana said that in the after show interview also, and um, yeah, I'm just excited, man. I'm never getting down on this team. I'm still happy and excited about 2021 championship after 50 years of nothing, and I'm older, so I was there the whole time. But I think we're going to win the championship this year. And we're going to shock the world. Well, and thanks for the call, Mason. And look, Bobby Portis is going to be a big part of that if they can do it. And I think that's the other thing worth pointing out uh, today, especially. But it, it seems like it's been pretty split. You you have a large number of Bucks fans who have stuck with you when you preach patience and, and saying, "Look, it's going to take time." Damian Lillard still has to figure out. His teammates, you need Damian Lillard to take over. Part of that is you got to figure out how to put him in those spots. You got to get him into a rhythm. And as Doc Rivers has pointed out several times, you know, we don't need Dame to fit in. We need to fit in around Dame. You saw that today, where he was much more aggressive. He was very efficient, four of eight on his threes. Two straight games, too, by the way, where Damian Lillard has now tallied 19 total assists in these two games out of the All Star break. A near triple double in both of these games. Friday, he was one rebound short of a triple-double. Today, I think it was three rebounds and uh, an assist short of a triple-double. But Dame has been very good in these games. But today specifically, Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton were both great. Bobby Portis, especially in that first half, when you knew it was important, you got to get off to a fast start. You don't want an undermanned team to stick around. We've seen a number of times this season. In those games that we mentioned, you go back to that Miami game. They got off to a fast start. They started hitting threes. They never let up. You couldn't catch up. You let the Memphis Grizzlies not just hang around. You let them take it to you. And the longer that game was close, the more they believed. It was imperative that today the Bucs got off to a fast start, and they did. 
And a big piece of that was Bobby Portis with 15 points in the first half, three of three on his threes. Pat Connaughton, another guy that has come under fire throughout the course of this season. I think there's a number of things to evaluate with Pat Connaughton, but he was great today. By the numbers, it may not jump off the page. He did the little things today. Pat Connaughton overall has been better than I think he's gotten credit for this season. But I think Pat Connaughton would say, look, there's some things I have to be better at. Bobby Portis as well. You've had two very good games from that duo coming out of the All-Star break, and that's going to be imperative because you need more from your bench. You don't expect this bench to be one of the top-scoring second units in the league. That's not what you're asking for. What you need from this bench, you go back to, as Mason pointed out, the, the last time the Bucks won the title two years ago. That was a bench that was constructed to not outscore the second unit, but they were going to get the lead. Don't give up the lead, right? Don't let the opponent chip away. We need you to hold the lead. That's what you're looking for from this team. You got Giannis, you got Dame. You're going to get Chris Middleton back. There was a a brief minor update on that from Doc before the game. Uh, We'll touch on that in the next segment. You're going to get Chris back. You got Brooke Lopez. You got Malik Beasley, who, you know, we talked about Doc Rivers mentioning, I want to get Pat Connaughton's confidence back, which I do think is worth pointing out when we talk about Pat looking better. But he's kind of alluded to the same from Malik Beasley. Maybe not confidence, but figuring out how do we put Malik Beasley in the best spots here. And Malik Beasley, the last six quarters, has been very, very good. So now we said Friday night, great win. It doesn't mean anything if you lose to Philadelphia. Like Same as we saw against the Denver Nuggets at home. That's where you're at. So you've started to take a second step forward. Now keep taking those steps, and especially with these two games against the Hornets, and I, I suppose for that matter, Chicago Bulls as well. Is, is That's a huge game for all the reasons that we laid out, but one other one that I mentioned on the show a couple of times, it's worth pointing out again. 855-616-1620, the number to join us today on Bucks Talk. Get to those Doc Rivers comments about Chris Middleton and the, uh, the potential timetable for Chris Middleton to make his return, and that reason why... We should lump in the Bulls game with the games we mentioned against the Charlotte Hornets. The importance of that matchup, which is Friday. We'll get to all of that after this on Bucks Talk. A round ball repartee returns. This is Bucks Talk. Twenty-one point win in Philadelphia today for the Bucks. So they're two and zero out of the All Star break, and don't look now. A half game back of the Cavs. Just two games back in the loss column. So best case scenario is because the Cavs play later today. Granted, it's against the Wizards. But best case scenario, if the Cavs somehow drop three consecutive games out of the break, you are tied with the Cavs in the standings and just one game back in the loss column for the two seed. At worst, you're still going to be two games back in the loss column and a full game back in the standings. But... There is a reason that makes that Bulls game even more important Friday night and and why I think you should lump it in with the Hornets game. When we talk about, look, the schedule that's in front of you, how challenging it is, games like the Hornets, that one game that you have left against the Wizards, these are games you almost have to circle and say, we need to win this. Well, there's a big reason why I think you need to put that Bulls game 
in the same category. We'll explain that in just a moment. 855-616-1620 is the number to join us today on Bucks Talk. Let's head to the phone lines. Talk with KJ in West Dallas. You're up next. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I totally agree with you uh, in terms of Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton. I think they collectively had uh, maybe their best game of the year uh, thus far. Um, Malik Beasley was hitting some timely shots from three. Uh, they moved the ball well. They played really hard defensively. And I think they're, they're starting to get their rhythm and starting to, to work uh, the ball around and, and find where guys want the ball uh, in the half court, which is important. Um, the fact that they have the fifth hardest schedule uh, left uh, for the remainder of the regular season, I think is a good thing yeah. because that's going to get them kind of tuned up for the, the playoffs. And, uh, you know, they're not going to be playing, you know, a, a bunch of soft teams the rest of the year. Yeah, it's it's a good point. We talked about it a little bit on the post game show too. Thanks for the call, uh, KJ. Is you know, there's there's obviously two ways of looking at it, but for a team that is starting to figure things out, it might be a good thing. And I, I suppose when you examine the the whole picture here, I do think this was the best possible type of schedule for the Bucks. You had a new coach that you were learning, and a new coach, literally, first-time head coach. The big swing to bring in Damian Lillard and, and Dame learning a new system, new teammates. The change that you went through with Terry Stotts abruptly leaving a week before the season starts. Um, with all of that, it was probably better to play a softer schedule to open things up, to bank those wins, and to not be in a spot where... You know, if you you do the inverse here, you would be at the point where, hey, we gotta win these games because the Bucks are breaking from the All Star break in fifth or sixth place in the Eastern Conference. So, I I do think that's probably the way that it should have gone. And now, you know, the point that KJ brings up, and, and I talked about it a little bit with Dave Kane after the game, is you know you're you're starting to develop that chemistry. I, I do think Giannis and Dame specifically, these two games especially today, you start to see more signs of okay, this this is this is going to work and this is getting to that level we hoped it would be. But it's also going to it's going to test you. It's going to challenge you and it's you know iron sharpens iron as you hear. I do think it's beneficial to have this slate of games going into the playoffs where you've had a stretch of these games as you get into the more meaningful must-win games in the postseason. 855-616-1620 is that number to join us today on Bucks Talk. I mentioned the schedule that's in front of the Bucks and the two games that you have this week against the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I hesitate to say must-win, but you should and you have to win those games against the Charlotte Hornets. You do that, it's a four-game win streak. And you will all of a sudden be above 500 since you made the coaching change. They're currently 7-8. and eight, And I'm going to point it out again, just how challenging that stretch has been when you look at four games total against the Denver Nuggets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Two games against the Cavaliers. Six of those 15 games have been against teams that are in the top two. 
three, essentially, with the tie at first place, but against five of the best records in basketball. That's what you've had. Only four of them have have been against lower-level teams or teams outside of the postseason. So I understand the panic and the cause for concern, especially when you saw at one point that 3-7 and record under Doc Rivers. But to me, with that schedule, with everything that's been thrown at this group, the road trip as well, to be 7-8 and is actually a pretty good spot. Now you got to start to to go on a run here. We've still yet to really see that. You can point to what the Bucks did in December, and that's fair. They were very good in December. It wasn't great competition, but it goes back to the point we made before of you know they at least won those games. They banked those wins. So as you start to develop that chemistry, and once it's hopefully there, is when the schedule starts to peak. Maybe we didn't necessarily get there because you would look at the back end of January and say this is where things picked up. They were nowhere near where they needed to be. There was a lot of factors. But all told, considering the schedule that they've had, they're in a pretty good spot. Now, that the importance for that game Friday night in Chicago, which, by the way, is another 9 o'clock tip. Out of the All-Star break, I think it was five of their first 10 games are going to be 9 o'clock tips. Yet a 9 o'clock Midwestern tip for the Bucks in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Same thing this Friday in Chicago against the Bulls. And then three more 9 p.m. tips on that four-game West Coast road trip that comes up in just a bit here. But the importance of that game and, and why it's it's not, you know, you got to win this game because of the opponent record. But it's still in the you got to win this game category is, number one, it, it, it is going to be a game that you would assume the Bucks are going to be favored in and should win. But I mentioned how you're catching up on the Cavaliers. You're picking up steam. There wasn't, not that there was no reason for optimism, but, you know, after that game last week, your final game before the All-Star break, there was a lot of doom and gloom. I think because of that, hey, look at the record under Doc. Look at the fact that the Cavaliers have passed you with the way that they played in January even better than what the Bucs did in December. Look at the fact that the Boston Celtics have really started to break away from the field here. And there was a lot of pessimism and panic over what's going on with this team. Four games back in the loss column at the time of the All-Star break, and it it started to, to reach the point of, look, I know I said this after that loss to the Grizzlies. I don't know if the Bucs are going to be able to move off that three line. The important part in your remaining 26 games, is don't drop down to fourth. Don't let the Knicks, potentially the Sixers, don't let either of those teams catch you. Uh, Maybe you thought the Miami Heat or the Indiana Pacers, or still think either of those teams, or the, uh, the Orlando Magic, for that matter, can move up into that spot. But don't let any of that happen. At worst, you need to finish third. I didn't know if two would be possible because of that four game separation in the loss column. With you and the Cavaliers, 26 games, it's not a whole lot of time to make up some substantial ground. Again, with the 24 games that are now left for the Bucks, nine games in the loss column, I'm not going to say impossible, very, very tough to make up. We shouldn't spend any time or focus on the Boston Celtics. They're likely going to be the one seed. I mentioned this on the pregame show. They're on pace 
to win 64 games on a 64 win pace. Bucks have 24 games left. Even if you went 24 and 0, that would put you at 61 wins. So I don't think we should should put any focus on catching the Boston Celtics. It's got to be on the Cavaliers. But what made that daunting at the All-Star break was that four-game separation in the loss column. And not only that, the fact that the Cavaliers had a much easier schedule than you did in the second half. And that you didn't have the head-to-head tiebreaker with Cleveland. Now, they didn't either because you split your two games. But when you looked at the tiebreakers, when you would start to drop down line by line of, okay, how are we going to break this tie? You eventually end up on divisional record. And again, for years, for the last five years, the Bucks dominated within their division. Now, there was a number of things that, that contributed to that. Number one, you know, how this team was, right? When they were the one seed in Bud's first year, they went 14-2 and two in their division. Pacers were okay that year, but you look at the rest of your division, the Pistons, not so much. You blew through them in your first-round series. The Cavaliers were not good that season. The Bulls were not good that season. That's kind of been the staple these last few years. The Central Division hasn't been too good. Uh, The second year, the year that at one point the Bucs were on pace to win more than 70 games, they went 13-1. and in their division. In the 2020-2021 season, when the Bucks eventually won the championship, they went 11 and 1 in their division. So the first 3 years under Bud, you lost 4 games total in your division. The year afterwards, Bucks went 12 and 4 in the division. That was the 2021-2022 season when you were defending your title. And last year, the Bucks went 11 and 5 in their division. So Still very good divisional record, but not what it was in those first three years. Well, this year, Bucks are nine and seven in that division. Again, a big part of that is the Indiana Pacers have been much better. The Cleveland Cavaliers have moved past you in the standings. Pistons are still not good. The Bulls are, are okay. But you're nine and seven in division. The Cavaliers are eight and four. With no head-to-head tiebreaker, it's eventually going to come down to divisional record. In the past, again, no problem. We'll take that. You're going to need help this year. So you have to outplay the Cavaliers down the stretch if you're going to move up to the two-line. The importance there is to have home court advantage in your second-round series. Again, you got to get there, so we're not going to overlook a first-round opponent. I don't think it's the end of the world if you finish the three-seed. You just can't drop down to the four. But again, to get to that three-seed, we said either you got to pass the Cavaliers or you need Cleveland to give you some help as well in, in those divisional matchups. So number one, you have to. You only have one divisional game left. That is Friday night in Chicago. You have to win that game to get to 10-7 and seven in divisional play. You lose it, you're 9-8. and eight. You would need the Cavs to go 0-4 in the remaining games to get that tiebreaker. So you got to win, and even then, you need Cleveland to go 1-3. and three. So that's why this game Friday night is very important. Not only that it's a Bulls team that's in the play-in tournament, the lower end of it as well, and these are you got to take anything you can get with the schedule that you have left, but for that divisional purpose and possibly moving past the Cavaliers, you can't anticipate Cleveland to continue to go on a prolonged losing streak. So 
you got to do what you can, and that starts Friday night in Chicago against the Bulls. 855-616-1620, the number to join us today on Bucks Talk. A very, very impressive win from the Bucks, start to finish what they did against the uh, 76ers. Defensively mentioned it was the third time in the last six games. They held an opponent below 100 points. We gave you the defensive rating in the 15 games played since the coaching change. Seventh best in the league. But these last two games, there's a number of season segments that we're going to look at throughout this season. It may well be not just January 24th onward when he made the coaching change or January 29th onward when Doc Rivers officially took over. It may be post-All-Star break that we look at how have the Bucks performed the first two games post-All-Star break. One thing. Stood out in a good way for this defense. We'll get into that after this on Bucks Talk. This is Bucks Talk. Bucks take down the Sixers today in Philadelphia. 21 point win. Another big game from Giannis, just an assist short of a triple-double and a Dame Lillard efficient as well, but two straight wins out of the break and impressive wins, all things considered, for the Bucks. 855-616-1620 is the talk and text line to join us today on Bucks Talk. Let's head back to the phones and talk with Mike in Shorewood. You're up next. Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, really impressive win tonight. I know... Uh, the uh, Sixers are without Embiid, but regardless, uh, the Bucks got to focus on how they play. And I'm uh, anxious to see how they played coming off a, a one of their best wins of the season in, in Minnesota against the top seed in the West, and, uh, and not having a letdown against a team that's uh, struggling uh, without Embiid. And I just like the way they came out. They really set the set the tone early, and when when that Giannis and, and Dame. Uh, are really locked in like they are to, today. I mean, this, the tough is as good as any team in the league. So that's the mentality we need to see out of this Bucks squad. Uh, Giannis was outstanding uh, on both ends of the court. Um, Dame, his shot, I mean, he's the greatest shooter is outside of Curry. And uh, when Beasley's hitting his shots, that's what, that's what we want to see, that balance out of this team. And then off the bench with Portis uh, being incredibly efficient. So, I hope this is the the Bucks form uh, we want to see uh, as the season progresses, especially into the playoffs, especially on the defensive end. Uh, they were outstanding here, uh, locking down the Sixers. So uh, just a complete win, and I hope uh, post-All-Star break now they really start to hit the switch here. Uh, you got a couple winnable games before this, this schedule picks up. I know Boston is really rolling right now, but if you're the Bucks, you want to be playing – uh, your best basketball heading into the playoffs. So I hope uh, this last couple of games are a sign of things to come. I take care of business and start, start rolling here and really uh, gain identity uh, with Doc Rivers as the uh, playoffs approach and then going forward. And uh, so great win, and hopefully we see a lot more like these uh, instead of you know really struggling to put teams away in the fourth quarter. And uh, we want to make sure take care of business early and not have to sweat wins out. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks for the call, uh, Mike. And, and look, we as we said, you need to start to build consistency here. And it's two games, but you're taking two steps in the right direction. Now, these, no, these next two games, three games for that matter, for the reason we just 
mentioned about that Bulls game on Friday. These three games, you need to see those continued steps forward. And hopefully, we're talking about a five-game win streak for this team as they start to embark on an incredibly, incredibly tough stretch of games. As uh, Again, you get through this portion, the two games at home, or the two games against the Hornets, one at home, one on the road, the game in Chicago on Friday night, you get two days off. Your reward is the Los Angeles Clippers come to town, and shortly after that, you're back on the road for a Western Conference road trip. We'll take a look at uh, that matchup with the Hornets and preview uh, not only that game, but take a look at the rest of the league. The standings we gave you the update on. The Bucks continuing to climb closer to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Some other numbers to share as we wrap up the show after this on Bucks Talk. This is Bucks Talk. All right, so the optimism and the reasons for optimism here is you're starting to see consistency and this team taking steps forward. Again, offensive numbers, we didn't share as many of those, but the big caveat is you continue to play without Chris Middleton. I promised a a slight update on that, and uh, that is before the game we did hear from Doc Rivers of um, Chris continuing to make progress. And said, you know, I'm I'm not going to go as far as saying we'll see him in the next game. He's getting closer. I don't know if it's close enough that it'll be in the next game, but it's close and he's feeling a lot better. The offense is going to take a step back without Chris. It's a huge component to keep things moving, I think, especially with the bench. When we talked about some of the issues you'd seen there, Chris Middleton's a big part of that. I understand he's a starter, but... A lot of those lineups, we'd seen Chris playing with the bench. He had been your de facto backup point guard. I am very curious to see Danilo Gallinari, the rooster, as he was once known as in New York, which I believe we may hear that nickname come back. But I am curious to see more and more of Danilo Gallinari because you've seen his passing ability. Somebody needs to facilitate for that second unit. Bobby Portis can score. We saw that today. you got to get guys in the right spot. That's what Chris Middleton did so well in those minutes with the bench. So that is going to have an impact on the offense. It is going to be difficult to really judge that until this team is fully healthy. But defensively, you love what you have seen. Seventh best defense in the league since this coaching change. It's been against an incredibly difficult schedule. And in three of those games, they've held the opponent below 100 points. So continue to build on that, especially in those winnable games, starting Tuesday at home against the Charlotte Hornets. So Tuesday at home against the Hornets, Thursday in Charlotte, and then Friday in Chicago. Tuesday night, 7 o'clock tip, 6.30 is when our pregame coverage begins. And as always, be sure to stick around after the game for Bucks Talk.